in this league's real big three. Scott Bogman, Roto World's Jonas Nader, and Hoopball's Dan Bespris. The in this league real big three. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Real Big Three brought to you by In This League. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. Joined, as always, by Jonas Nader at Jonas Nader on the Twitter machine from NBC Sports Edge and Dan Bespris at Dan Bespris from HoopBall.com. Fellas, what is going on? Just chewing on a Tums, everybody. What's going on with you guys? <laughs> well, That's I'm in a so great mood. Can you guys guess why? Gee, I wonder if it's your first topic. <laughs> uh yeah you know let's go ahead and just dive right in jonas i mean you have been waiting for this uh the entire season uh in december when the season started they you know the thought process was he's coming back in january maybe february sometime here we are uh in late Mar- uh, late april i almost said march late april and your boy finally came back so let's hear about jjj yeah, so he's the number nine player in the season. So my me grabbing him in the fifth and sixth round totally paid off. He's crushing his ADP. He's winning people fantasy leagues. Like, what a call by me. Like, if you're not following me, what are you doing? You could have JJJ fifth round. Come on. But yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to have him back. Obviously, the Grizzlies completely whiffed the bat at the beginning of the season. Let's, yeah, he's going to be out a minute. Might see him back in January. Never told us that he had his... Uh, meniscus fully repaired which takes eight to nine months as people know not the usual six to eight weeks like we saw with Przingis so very unfortunate and it's a little unfortunate too that JJJ went along with it yeah I'm gonna sneak it my my uh return's gonna sneak up on you guys didn't work out JJJ it did not sneak up on us at all <laughs> I mean, it is April did. 22nd <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan tried it kind of did because yeah. I think everyone had forgotten about JJJ that's true by April and then it was it was really weird it's like yeah, he's getting closer. He's getting closer. Oh, he's back tomorrow night. Yep. And it was, oh, like, oh okay, cool. here we go. So, uh, yeah, I mean. Damn, did he look good, though? Did he, he did. look good? Yeah, and the nice minutes. thing about this is is you get, you know, we kind of see this in baseball, too, at the end of the year. Like when a guy's coming off a of Tommy John surgery, which takes a year as well, is, you know, you don't see him until the end of the season, but you know because he pitched at the end of the season that for next year, yeah. he's going to be ready to rock. Now, he still has time to help people through their playoffs right now, but if you drafted JJJ, the playoffs might have been a little difficult for you. Yeah, so I just had a couple of notes on him. Um, I got to give Dylan Brooks credit. Um, he was right. JJJ is legitimately two to three inches taller. He's a legit one. They played him exclusively <laughs> at center. Doing. And they man, stretching him. They took the year they were him. Did you guys see him rebound? He he rebounded well. He actually attacked the glass for the first time I've seen in three years. It was impressive. A few offensive boards looked really, really good. Had a monster jam, looked explosive. So obviously the Grizzlies slow roll in the rehab paid off because he looked explosive. The rhythm was there too. Uh, one note from Chris Harrington, a, a Grizzlies reporter, one of the best out there. He said he could tell that JJJ was in rhythm because when they're when they're in practice, JJJ doesn't miss. But he said Justice Winslow um, was never making anything, so that was consistent there too. So he could he could tell a big difference. The rhythm never left him. So I'm super excited the rest of the way. Probably going to be 20 22 minutes for another week or so, and then slowly get up to 26 range, probably where he stays. But one last note is they want him playing mostly center. 
And the reason that's huge is JJJ's block rate doubles as a center. So we're talking a per 36 line last year as a, as a center was 24 points, five rebounds, uh, 2.3 blocks and 2.9 triples. So that's almost first round upside. So very excited about him going forward. Obviously. So I, a couple of things. Um, I'm assuming he probably sits out back to backs. I would yeah. have to guess based on the yeah. length of the departure, which stinks because Memphis has a ton of games the rest of the way. <laughs> that could have been really juicy. I think they still have like 35 games left in four weeks. Um, <laughs> what are they? My, I guess my question is, what are they going to do with with Jonas Valanciunas? Because they, I believe, he's still signed for another year, right? I think so. Yeah, I think he's signed for one more year. So my my reading on the situation is based on what I've read from the Grizzlies reporters is that Valanciunas is going to get his usual 25, 26 minutes. They want him in that sweet spot. He's been playing 28, but they like him in the 25, 26 minute range. JJJ to get the rest of the backup center minutes, maybe some Tillman here and there. But yeah, they're going to be staggering them a lot. So probably 22, let's, let's say JJJ was completely healthy right now, no restriction. He'd probably be playing 24 minutes at center and 12 minutes at power forward if he was fully healthy. Gotcha. So, so they will at least stagger them and stuff and yeah. in the off season, that's a whole off season possibilities for him to potentially get moved to. You know, I'm irritated about, I'm, I'm, I'm irritated about this. They should have just shelved him for the damn year because he's going to explode at least in one of these games and it's going to ruin the post type opportunity we may have had. Yeah. Son of a gun. But, but you're going to get, you're going to get plenty of people that are just out because they bought this year, you know, and, and he completely, you're going to get the overcorrection and, and it's not going to be just people that bought him. It's going to be people that also saw what happened. So I I'm betting there's a quarter of people in your league that are going to avoid JJJ just for the simple fact that he missed so much time this year, unless he looks absolutely amazing down the stretch, which is of course within the realm of possibility. So, yeah, uh, I've read, I, I read that we'll people see. have completely sworn him off. They're like, they're never going back to JJJ again after this year because of the mess of reporting. But yeah, give me, yeah. give me that sweet value. You guys can all write him off next year sure. when Dano jumps back into the. <laughs> I call it the overcorrection. That it's that it happens every off season. Yep. The overcorrection. You you uh, instead of knocking a guy where you should because of his injury stuff, you knock him all the way off your list. And I and I know I do it. There is a guy in baseball this year, Glaber Torres. I just refused to take so uh, because he screwed Yankees. me last year. You know, yeah, Yankees. Yeah, look at you, Dan. You know some baseball stuff. Out of way. Still in there. Still in uh, there. What's after JJJ, Jonas? So I got a kind of a sneaky pickup. So Nas Reed had 24 points Wednesday, seven boards, two dimes, two blocks, and two triples in 24 minutes. Uh, he's usually feasting when Cat sits, which he hasn't sat for a while. But the thing about the Wolves is they're going to a double big lineup lately. They've moved Wancho Hernan Gomez to the three. They've played Jada McDaniels to the three for stretches too. So they're going with some big lineups here. Um, in the last four games, Reed is top 100 with 16 points, almost seven rebounds, 1.3 dimes, 0.8 blocks, and 0.8 triples. Uh, a lot of Wolves reporters have noted too that he's lost like 20 pounds, and he's legit like a, a freakish athlete, like he was a plotter coming out of the, coming out of college, but he's a legit freak athlete now. Like legit, they, they've compared him to like Zion Hops. Obviously, he's not there, but <laughs> he's explosive, man. So they're really exploring that. They really like Reed. The front office is extremely high on him. Um, so if you picked him up now, you're looking at 23 to 24 minutes production. Like I said, a tenth round player. But if you look at the Tankathon rankings, 
Minnesota is 16-44. There are teams like the Detroit Pistons who are 18-42, the Orlando Magic 18-41, the OKC is 20-39. There is an all-out race for tanking this season, and Minnesota has a top three protected pick. So the potential for Cat DNPs down the stretch makes Reed a no-brainer for me. I like yeah, that. Got, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, well, I like that pickup, and you know, it feels like Nas Reed is a crusty old vet at this point, and he's 22. You know, he's still uh, crazy young, <laughs> yeah. and l- like you said, still developing and everything. So I, I really like this. Yeah, he's uh, I, my, something glitched out for me on this end. Hopefully, you guys can still hear me. Okay, it, it's he's, said it uh, for me too, but I hear you perfectly fine. So oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, his uh, he he's really turned himself into more of a per minute monster than he had been in the past, and that. Uh, not as surprising as seeing Thad Young do it on year 25 of his career to see someone do it in their second season, but th- there's something different about him, and and maybe it's what Jonas is talking about with the athleticism improving, but when he's out on the floor, he's just grabbing at usage like it's going out of style. It was That was not a thing that that I thought we were going to see out of this dude, but like in 19 minutes a game this year, he's taking eight shots. That's a, that's a pretty big number for a guy who should if everybody was healthy, have been like the sixth guy in the scoring pecking order. But he's just out there, and he is chucking, man. He took 15 shots in 24 minutes in that last game against Sacramento. And yeah, he got hot. So when guys get hot, they take a few more. But basically, any time he plays 20 minutes or more, he's taking 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 shots. And that's kind of a sweet spot number for a guy who also blocks from shots, gets a, a steal here and there, is an okay rebounder. It's going to be hard for him to dominate that with Cat still playing, and right. he will get some rest days in there. But uh, isn't an awful foul shooter, mid seventies, so he's not going to kill you there. He's hitting about a three pointer a game now. Yeah, if his minutes trend into that twenty three, twenty four range, absolutely, he's someone to look at more so for Roto, I think, than head to head. If I'm thinking back, I feel like Minnesota's schedule is a little wonky. They have like three games in the next four nights starting tomorrow. And then they play like three games over 10 days or something weird. Uh, but yeah, and Roto, especially if you find out someone's getting a night off, he's, he has a really interesting upside these days. Yep. Love and that I, call. Yep. I'm making on the call. tank as well. The tank has been ridiculous this year. So <laughs> oh, man, they're really, the teams are trying what was, so hard right what now. What was the thing that you had the other night, Jonas? It was like uh, someone for the thunder was out and oh, your yeah. reasoning was Cade Cunningham. Yeah, Lou Dort. Kate Cunningham's number one pick for those of you who don't know. So I'm just having some fun with the Thunder reporting because it is bad. They are just making up injuries out of thin air. And I called uh, Al Horford the world's most rested man. That got some love, too. <laughs> well, 12 in a row, man. They've lost 12 in a row. Yep. And they're not even competing anymore. Really yep. going for it. Really. Yeah, I did see... Uh, what was it last night or two nights ago that uh, the Rockets were officially eliminated from playoff contention? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> a month ago. I mean, That's that rough. was mathematically they were eliminated, I think, two nights ago uh, yeah. from playoff, you know, from like one of those 10 seeds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, for the playing game and all that nonsense. And I was like, yep, this definitely wasn't the second they traded Harden. It was right now. So, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, to me, I don't know. Like, when I look at the tank stuff, it really feels like the Rockets and the Thunder are the teams that are out there mishmashing lineups, almost with a goal of losing. The Magic just don't have anybody left. And the Pistons yeah. actually seem like they're still kind of foolishly trying to compete on a night-to-night basis. I feel like they're, I don't remember what the plus-minus is for Detroit, but I feel like of all the terrible teams, their average margin of defeat is way smaller than the other terrible teams on the board. 
They just keep losing these close ones. But that's actually the perfect way to tank because then nobody's on to you. And there they are at 18 and 42 in pole position, man. Yeah. <laughs> what crushed. a sneaky tank they've got. They only <laughs> lose by six points and not double digits every night. Yep. <laughs> What's Wayne your last one, John? Competitively bad basketball team. <laughs> so we'll probably talk about this in a little bit too, but take advantage of the schedule next week. There are three teams with five games. It is the Thunder. It is the uh, Dallas Mavericks. And it's one more. The, is it the Raptors? Did I say the Raptors yet? No, no. Raptors, Raptors, Mavericks, Thunder. Okay, so a couple sneaky picks up, pickups here. Uh, we learned this morning that Chris Boucher has a sprained MCL. We don't have a timetable yet. I'm assuming he's missing games. I would at least say a handful. This so, is my first topic, by the way. So just roll this one together. Yeah, sure. Uh, so a um, couple pickups from Toronto to keep an eye on. Uh, Freddie Gillespie, the Raptors really like him. He's averaging two blocks in 21 minutes as a wing. So really intriguing upside there. Another player to keep an eye on as... You're going to laugh, but Yuta Watanabe has actually been pretty good lately. 12 points, four rebounds, almost two threes, two assists. Um, no blocks, actually, but he's actually a really good shot blocker on the season for like two per 36. So Yuta Watanabe is a very sneaky ad along with Freddie Gillespie. Um, and OKC, I'm getting a lot of questions on Poku. Um, missed. He, he left the game after five minutes with an illness, but he's back. Uh, in the two previous games before that, he showed good multi-category upside. So I am holding him in a five-game week. Uh, Darius Bowsley is another player to consider, even though he's been kind of a flop this year. Um, and then for the Dallas Mavericks, Dorian Finney-Smith, top. I feel like he's the player that no one's talking about this year that's quietly having a mid-round season. So top 70 over the last two weeks for Dorian Finney-Smith. And we know for a fact that Luca, Chris Stapps, they're going to they're gonna rest at least once or twice next week too. So Dorian Finney-Smith, potentially a top 50 week in a five-game week during championship week too, I should add. I like yeah. those calls, man. Those, you can throw a lot of guys. Calls. You can yeah. throw a lot of guys in a five-game week. I love it. It's because there's so many happening right now, and you guys know that I love the long stream registered mm-hmm. trademark. <laughs> uh, Denver, for instance, starting tonight, they got five games over their next seven days. Someone like a Facundo Campazzo would be someone you could pick up today and ride him through Thursday of next week. Yeah. Uh, if you hunt for, and there's a lot of them because all these teams had games postponed. So they're jamming it in, and almost every team in the NBA has at least one five-game in seven-day stretch the rest of the way. That That's something that everybody needs to be looking for on a scheduling chart and just plan your pickups and drops accordingly. Like Basically make every pickup lead into a five-game in seven-day stretch for somebody. You can stream half your roster that way and just... I mean, you can end up with six, seven, eight more games than your opponent on a given week. And even if they were a better team, you just overwhelm them with games played. This is so critical in head-to-head right now. And I mean, you can take guys that are like top 170 on a per-game basis and throw them in a five-game week, and suddenly they're inside the top 100 for that stretch. So it's this is of utmost importance, and it's actually one of the other topics I wanted to talk about, but Jonas, I want to bring it around full circle. Are you in on Kem Birch in a five game week? Yeah, sure. Like obviously yeah. a low upside player, but in a five game week, like we saw what he did in Orlando, barely anything. But if he gives you like eight points, eight rebounds in a block, and he does that over a five game week, there you go. That's almost yeah. top 75. So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I like Gillespie too. That was, I'm glad you brought that one up. He's, yeah. he's a field goal percent block monster and yeah, it feels fun. like he's going to get 22, 23 minutes with yeah. Boucher out for a little bit. I love five game weeks. You can get so weird with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, how do you guys, uh, Bogman? I hope you don't mind me just sort of oh, go drive right into it. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of a nice segue because Toronto absolutely, was yeah. my, my first one, and the Toronto discussion leads into my my second topic. We're kind of fast tracking it here. 
but it's just I don't I don't know about you guys, but I just I watch the games and I look at the box scores and I and I treat the season so different differently right now. Where up until like two weeks ago, I was still watching for all for like rest of season outlook and upside and all these things that you're sort of game planning for. And now all of a sudden on a dime, it pivots. And I don't even care what's happening on a night to night basis almost as much as I care like what guys fit into this five and seven mold. And on the Roto side, is there someone with a one game opportunity where the dude in front of them is out of the lineup? And uh, I don't know. It, it's just become very immediate on the Roto side and it's become Put very... the microscope on it. Yeah. Yeah. For it's, sure. it's crazy. Like Bogman, I'll go to you. Uh, it, it just like the way that you analyze games right now, at least for me, has almost flipped to some degree. Like head to head, I was always streaming a little bit, but it, it was more about like keeping a team mostly healthy. And then in Roto, it was like, okay, well, who can I get who's going to be awesome top 75 as many games as humanly possible? And now it's almost the opposite. So I don't know. How are you handling things right now? Because it's crazy. Yeah, it's in both uh, formats too, because, you know, if you don't have enough games played in, in Roto, yeah. now you're just picking them up at the end of the year. Most people don't have that issue. Most people are trying to you know, maybe stagger because they are up on it. If you have been paying attention the whole year correctly. Um, but in head to head, it, it really, like you mentioned, you know, and you, I think you brought this up a couple weeks ago too, just getting those guys that maybe five games in seven days, not necessarily just for one week, you're picking them up for multiple weeks. And then you kind of make the marker of when you can drop them too. So it depends on how many streaming spots you have available on your team. Of course, but, you know, it's important to kind of get out in front of it and use how, however many pickups and drops you have every week. So if you have three, you only need to use two for the week. Then you have that one for Sunday to make a move for your next week. So it's just really getting down into the microcosm and only focusing on what's going on right now and then what's going on next week. And that's it. Depending on when your championships are for the two leagues I'm playing, my championship week is next week and that's it. We're done after that. So um, right now I'm just trying to keep my head above water in both my <laughs> leagues that I'm available in or uh, you know still alive in. So yeah, it's uh, you really have to only pay attention to what is coming up right now. It's uh, it's a little crazy. It is crazy. Jonas, what are you doing these days? How, how are you living? Uh, it's been rough. Like, for example, we have to uh, go on the fly. Let's say Miles Turner's out indefinitely. You have to drop right now. With the, with the way season's going right now, you have to make moves right now. You have to focus on the now, like you guys said. And I have two more takeaways from this season, too. Uh, even though this has been the most unusual season ever because we have a historic draft class coming up that's why we've seen so much tanking and then we have this historic uh compressed schedule where we're trying to fit in so many games in so little time we were seeing historic amount of rest uh injuries players are breaking down um it's been we heard fred van vliet uh say the other day he said he voted for this but yet now he's having regrets because they're exhausted <laughs> they're they're like done already so um my thoughts are uh, i'll be switching mostly to roto leagues next year until i see a change it's oh it's time God. it's time <laughs> Come to me, my, yep. my uh, oh my god, it happened. I'm so you, happy. You look around, look at all the first round picks from this year. There's like two or three playing. Yeah, it's not it. many. Harden's yeah. out, Trey's out, AD's been out, yeah. just came back. Uh, tra uh, did I say Trey already? Harden, Trey, Kawhi is another KD. one. Down. KD. KD. Yep. 
LeBron, you're going to flip all your leagues next year, and then Aaron hopefully Jackson. we have a normal year. <laughs> and it's not going to be yeah. nearly as bad, but that's my first subject. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's next for you, Danny? I don't remember. Who the hell knows what's going on right here? <laughs> oh, it was Anthony Davis. I just said his name. I probably should have remembered that. Um, so, I think it was about two, was it two or three weeks ago on this show that we, uh, well, Jonas was with me on Team Maniac, yeah. where we said, should we buy low on Anthony Davis? And you and I were like, well, there's sort of like a niche pocket you could do it for, but why the hell not? Well, he's back. So I'm going to ask you, Jonas, I'll start. Should yeah. we feel good about our recommendation or not? I don't know if this is a win or a loss. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to say yes, because even though like he shook his head like four times yesterday, because he, he couldn't make any shots, right? Like there was obvious rust, but I got to say he didn't move around pretty well. I think that's the most encouraging thing I saw. Uh, and Vogel did say he's taking this minutes by game by game basis here too. So I'm actually okay with your call, Dan, because if he picks up, rants it up in the next two or three games, you're going to get what probably top 30 value here. I would say not no longer a first round player, obviously with I'll the take restrictions, it. but yeah. Who would have thought you three weeks ago, he'd be one of the most outstanding first round picks because he's still playing. <laughs> yeah. you Actually know. standing. He's the right, most right. Standing. He's still going. So, uh, yeah, Unreal. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's surprising, but, um, I don't know, man, he's still going to sit out back to backs. Uh, hopefully they ramp him up soon and, and he starts to look good. Like Jonas said, just knock that rust off and get, get going so I, look I'm at the Lakers. I don't think the lakers have a back-to-back -back for like two weeks here so there there's a nice little and maybe this is why they gave him that long stretch after the utah set to kind of get situated dallas is a team that doesn't run in transition so that's kind of a good spot to pop it. okay i guess it's like a week and a half they have a back-to-back -back. yeah and um, no lebron either no lebron for two weeks helps ad as well yeah, there's going to be a lot of usage there. I, the problem, I guess, is if play, if someone traded for him and their playoffs started this week. And that's why we said, like, if you do this, it had to be you're a team that wasn't going to win. Yeah. And you and you were like, you needed a, ma a fat shakeup, and maybe you get someone back who's going to be a top 25 guy that you spent a top 90 to go get. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Jonas and I, we don't get to talk about the Lakers that much on the show this year. So I'd yeah. I ahead. actually kind of wanted to talk about the Lakers for a second because I want to get uh, your guys' take on Vivian Flores and this whole catfishing thing that went down. Did you guys? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see the, uh, the whole thing. Tell me the story. Okay, so I guess there was uh, a lady on, maybe Jonas can explain it better because I, I just kind of went over it, but there was a lady who made a... Um, uh, a Twitter account, super Lakers fan in 2009. And uh, she went missing, right? So um, she's become a popular account over the last, whatever, you know, 12 years. And uh, they said she's missing. And then they said she was found a couple hours later for something. And uh, then people started to go, well, was she really missing? Has she ever actually been anywhere? Has anyone actually seen this woman? And, uh, and I guess the, the answer is no. And it seems like someone has made up this account because <laughs> even when whoever is running it said that, um, you know, they, they had a picture of Vivian and it said, see here, I'm holding up a sheet of paper that has my name. The name was misspelled. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell is going on with this. If she misspelled it on the paper or on the, uh, you know, Twitter account, I think the most likely thing is that somebody made this up and everybody is pointing at this 
uh, guy that was apparently doing a podcast with her or trying to start a podcast with her or something saying that this dude and his buddy have been making the whole thing up and it's been really weird. Jonas, do you, do you know any more on it? I have not even heard about this story to now, but really? I'm very intrigued. <laughs> yeah, really? Funny. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I guess she was at, uh, or whoever it was, was at the funeral, uh, stuff for Kobe and, you know, had tweeted about that, but there were no, you know, there were pictures of the event, but none with her in them too. Huh. So uh, all I know is that like I was listening to sports talk radio. I'm in the car for like maybe 15 total minutes, picking up my kid and the way back from preschool and the local talk radio was talking about what the word catfish meant. And I was like, oh, <laughs> someone got catfish. Now, okay, interesting. What is this about? And then there was like, I think I saw a tweet from like a Josh Toussaint. Yeah, that's, that's him. That's oh, the podcaster. My is mis- oh, so that's who that is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that, that, that sucks. Somebody retweeted that into my account. I was like, that, that's crazy, man. Somebody's missing. But that's the last I had heard of it. What, why? Is- I know this isn't really fantasy, but what? <laughs> why this a 12 year con for what purpose i don't know i don't know so it seems like a weird long con you know that uh the long um, con. i love that term and, and and i don't know and i don't know who you know like th- this could have been all we know is that the twitter account was started in 2009 it could have been named something different and you know they renamed it over the last year or two to start <laughs> this push you know what i mean so uh, I don't know. It'd be really funny if they're like, yeah, the uh, email account attached to this is Josh Toussaint at gmail.com. That would be <laughs> hilarious. You know, it's so completely. Yeah. So, so completely obvious. It was just it's just a weird catfishing story, which, you know, we haven't really had one this major in sports since Manti Teo's Damn, fake girlfriend. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was amazing. Yeah, it's, oh it's been God. weird. No, glad I could uh, glad I could inform the Lakers fans on a Lakers uh, yeah. uh, subject going on here. But um, <laughs> let, let me just ask you guys this. Is this oh, man. is it crazy this year with is it actually crazy this year with the injuries and guys missing games or is this recency bias? Because I feel like at the beginning of every year and at the end of every year, we always feel like, oh, this year's nuts. How the hell could this happen? But teams tank teams rest their good players at the end of every year so are we looking more into it this year or is this actually a crazy year jonas what do you think this is actually a crazy year this is way worse than previous years way worse way worse like you said there's three first rounders playing right now we had jason tatum miss a month with covid and then play like crap because he was still recovering for it this is not a usual year uh, so yeah, I am not like I'm. I'm still leaning towards Roto. I'm going. I'm going to join Dan's side here. <laughs> You're going to love Ooh. it. Yeah, I love it. You're going to get to well next year. The schedule will be normal. You're going to get to late March next year, and you're going to be just like leaning back on a pile of feathers and money because yeah. it's not going to matter what what guy on your team goes down for two games Wednesday through Sunday in your head to head matchup because. My Roto team, I have a Roto team with Kawhi Leonard and Dame on it, who were both out for a week here. That would have completely obliterated any chance that team had to win in a head-to-head playoffs. And instead, all that happened is that I slipped like one point in Roto. And I was able to go, someone's coming back. They're going to come back. Everything's going to be okay. And you just plug someone in. You pick somebody up. Everybody's cool. I worked really hard all year to be in this top three position. And just because my guy decided to sit out this week, I'm okay. Meanwhile, over in head-to-head land, my team with Zach Levine and Trey Young, I like 
couldn't even speak to my wife for a few hours the other night because I was just head in my hands. What am I going to do? <laughs> Lost two of my top three picks on this team. I'm done. What, what was the point of the last four, four and a half months? It just cooked because he landed on someone's foot on a floater. That's yep. it. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the a couple things here. Number one, uh, next year is actually probably going to be a good year for that, too, because of the Olympics. You know, it's all the, the top yep. players in the NBA going and short off season, too. Uh, yeah. And in uh, another shorter off season. So, you know, it could definitely happen. But what I'll say is, you know, if we were in the playoffs and all these guys are getting hurt, it does reflect reality, which is what fantasy is trying to yeah, do. But it's not the it, playoffs, though. The real playoffs in the NBA, these guys play. Yeah, I agree. That's true. That's true. Also, you know, we can always end seasons a little earlier. This is kind of the strategy that uh, I've wanted to go through with baseball for a long time because the baseball season is an absolute slog. And once you get down to, you know, uh, August, September, really, if you if you could end it at the end of August, I think it would be perfect because, you know, it's not as bad anymore because they don't have September call-ups, but that last month with September call-ups with teams tanking, you know, they're skipping guys in the rotation. They're having guys take a day off in the lineup here and there. It I, That's the same thing that's happening here, uh, but it's more because of the short offseason and no ramp-up time and all that stuff and more guys getting hurt. So yeah, I think next year it'll be more normal, but it won't be back all the way to normal. I want uh, to agree basketball. with you on the baseball front, by the way. 162 games is a ridiculous number of games for anyone to play and anything ever. That's well, so and we all, you know, the the fantasy football season always ends a week early, too, because teams rest their starters going into the playoffs and everything. So why don't we have that in basketball? Right. The NBA, the NBA should yeah. come back their games, too. The NBA shouldn't be more than 60 games. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. want I don't want to watch Lakers versus Wizards three times. I want to see the Lakers versus Clippers twice. Uh, primetime games, national TV games, more attention on each individual matchup, less resting, uh, less injuries. Players aren't loaded as much, but here the reason that they won't do it yeah. is because money. Money, oh, yeah, money. yeah. The advertising dollars and all that stuff, it'll never yeah. go. I mean, the NFL, the most brutal sport in the world, yeah. where everyone has CTE when they leave it, uh, just they added, added a game. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, even I heard about that, and I don't know anything about it. Right, <laughs> right that exactly. So dumb was my. I saw it. I went, that looks dumb, and then I kept going with my day. Uh, so, so let me push back on the sales pitch to shorten the season. This year, in particular, was only a seventy-two game regular season anyway. So if you shorten it in head to head, you have like fifteen weeks of action. It would have been sixty games, just like Jonas just suggested. Come on, <laughs> that's true. That would have been perfect. Yeah, I just but, uh, but the short offseason really screwed everything up. Yes, it know? did. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't have started till January. They should have extended uh, the season, you know, into the summer a little bit more. Uh, it just makes sense. You're not up. You're only up against NFL playoff games at that point. So you there's know, like legitimately one weeks. guy in the NBA that played deep into the bubble that isn't dead. And it's Jokic. Right. Yep. And by the way, that's a perfect transition to my next subject is next year. Is it Jokic or is it Curry as a number one Ooh. overall pick? Because I think Curry has been number one over the last month. Uh, Jokic has still been a top 10 player, of course, but we know about the, you know, slow, normal, slow starts for Jokic. And maybe he's going to be on a different training regimen because he's been so good. And he's, you know, they're both MVP candidates this year too, but what do you guys think? Are you going Jokic or Curry next year? Dan, I'll start with you on that one. Mm. Or is there an outside guy? I mean, to me, it's between those two. 
Oh, man. Um, I'll go Jokic just because he's a pillar of durability that I realize it's always like they are until they aren't, but he hasn't jumped in his NBA career, and that eliminates a lot of the risk for these guys. And he's just sort of like he has this rugby cushion about him where yep. you feel like he can he, – his whole body – you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen it. His whole body is just covered with like fingernail scratches and red <laughs> bruises at the end of every game. And by the next game, they're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> like he just gets slapped and whacked all night. And then two days later, he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Like everything's good. He just has this, he has this, this plushness to him that is, uh, it's a good thing now because he has lost that sort of extra weight that was slowing him down. That it tends to be a part of his slow starts. Uh, I'll, I'll go Jokic because. I feel like you can bank on him playing anywhere from two to five games more in a, in an 82 game season than Steph. And that's probably your difference. Yeah. So Jokic is still peaking. Yeah, is, I agree. Is it somebody else at all? Or is it just Jokic? Is it only between Jokic and Curry? Is there a third guy in there, Jonas? I would throw Harden in the conversation still. I think Harden has another top three year in him. But other than that, okay. I think AD is kind of like in that fourth, fifth range. And Kat is right there as well. Okay, but I want to add one who, more thing. Who would you go with? I'm going to go with Jokic. I still think he's still scratching the surface, whereas Curry is probably peaked, right? Like obviously, what he's did over the last ten games is stupid, ridiculous. But I think he's peaked. <laughs> um. All right. So my last one here is, and this is uh, kind of to lament because I hated the trade last year of Capella going to the Hawks. Uh, luckily in my dynasty leagues, I own him in spots because he's, he was a rocket and he was so good, but he has played, you know, for the season, he ranks 25 overall the last month. He's top 10. He's 10th. So what range do we see Capella falling in for next year? Jonas, is it, uh, is he a top three round pick? Is this a little too inflated? What do you think about Capella going into next season? So he's 20th overall. I think he's going to be overdrafted next season because this is the only season he's been remotely healthy and he's still missed some time too. Like he's right. had his Achilles injury flare up three times. His back's banged up. His knees are sore. Uh, I don't think I'd go uh, towards him until late round three, early round four. I think he's going to be overdrafted next year based off this year. Do you agree, Dan? I do. Yeah. Um, he he's played in 52 games, which is crazy. You know, his, his missed games have really been sort of clustered in one or two at a time. And that's been uh, a, a big feather in his cap. So his total value actually matches up pretty well with his, his per game numbers this year. Um, I'd probably go third round on him. I, I think maybe I'm just a hair more bullish. Uh, I, I did. I targeted him in a couple of spots this season and that ended up working better than I expected. I thought he'd be playing like 28 minutes a game and I think he's at 31. So there was uh, a little extra juice there. Um, I don't know where he gets drafted though. That's, that's one spot. I, um, I, there, there's a weird reticence. He's he, to me, he's kind of beginning to fall into that like boring and, and he shouldn't cause he's had these 2020 games that people should be paying attention to. But he's like he doesn't score a yeah. yeah. It's that same kind of thing where uh, I, I think he may fall into a little bit of the boring category. And so he'll probably always get that not the next shiny thing stuff. And so maybe you get him in that Chris Paul range, which is mid late third. And you're just like, all right, look, even in a worst case scenario, he probably ends up somewhere near here. And maybe he plays in 50 out of 55 or out of 60 games. And he's actually slightly above that or something to that effect. Uh, I think those guys are actually, 
I didn't mean to do this, but I think Chris Paul and Clint Capella are actually 21 and 22 on a per game basis right now. <laughs> um, but the, Chris Paul was the same story where he was amazing last year and he didn't move up at all in drafts. I couldn't figure that out. And he's number six by totals this season. So Has he I missed a game yet? I don't think he's missed a game. Has he missed one? I think one. I yeah. think it might have been one. But he's been amazing. And I think there may be a little bit of that with Capella next year where he's just like, People have moved past him, even though he's still pretty good. And even if he misses, well, he's still going to ruin your free throw percentage, uh, yeah. or at least not help it a lot. You know, because he's shooting right around, I think, fifty-eight percent. Yeah, uh, let me see. Fifty in the first round, you can cover it pretty well, though, as long yeah. as he's your only one. Right, right, exactly. So, but, but the same thing with Gobert. You know what I mean? These guys ruin, or you know, you're you're either gotta have good free throws from everybody else or you're building a punt free throw team so he is kind of still a specific guy but i mean collins has got to be gone in the offseason right they got to flip him right i actually think I they keep him now do you okay. i think they keep him now i think he'll settle for something closer to the 80 million dollar range like he wanted 100 but i think he'll settle are you for taking 80. collins or capella first next year not too bullish on either, to be honest. I'm going to look for the Zions in that range, the JJJs in that range, the Miles Turners in that range. Not too interested there. I think they kind of limit each other's upside a little bit. If I'm going straight head to head, I'll take Capella over Collins. Me too. I don't yeah. know where the, I don't know where we're putting them, but if it's right. just like, hey, here's your pick, whatever it is, you can only choose these two guys. I'll take Capella. <laughs> Yeah, same for me too. So I I think this season really proved it. And and that's it. That's uh, all we got. Uh, we got I think maybe two more shows left till yeah. the end of the season. We got to so. do one. We got to do a post season. I don't think we did one last year. We got to do like a wrap up after the season ends show where we can do all of this type of talk. Like where is Capella going for you? That stuff is great. That stuff is yeah. Like, that stuff is my food after the season. How about ends. we set up a mock draft? The listeners Ooh, I like that. early mock. Yep. That's beautiful. Yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. We will we'll definitely do that and then be on here to talk about uh, the mock. So uh, that is a great call, Jonas. So uh, but remember, you can follow us all on Twitter at Bogman Sports for me at Jonas Nader at Dan Bespris. Jonas, what's coming up over at uh, NBC Sports Edge this week? Uh, waiver wired column every Sunday. It's more important than ever. I also do a sneak peek preview on Thursday with the deeper ads, too. So that's even more important for streaming and Twitch chat will resume on Tuesday. Danny, what do you got going on at Hoopball? I am in stream mode, man. My podcast has taken a very weird left turn into all stream discussion all the time. Every day, breaking down your roto streams, which I'm calling streamers of opportunity, and your head-to-head -head streams that I'm calling streamers of schedule. And that's it. That's the whole game right now is like your top guys and that. So go listen to my show, Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, Monday through Friday come and it's all everything I do. I tweet out over this bad boy, Dan Vespris. It's a name. I know just <laughs> Google Dan, Google, Google Dan from Hoopball. That's easier. Um, I will have to check the schedule for next week too, because I will be live streaming all three days of the NFL draft, a big part of what I do over at ITL. So, uh, I believe that Friday, the draft doesn't start until four our time, Dan. So it will, we should be fine to, to get this show in. <laughs> you so, tell me when uh, NFL things I'm just going to double check I, because I'm pretty sure what I, what I don't like is that day three starts at 9 a.m. our time. So I have to be awake at 8 a.m. to be able to not roll right out of bed. That's lunchtime. So, uh, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, that is, <laughs> no. it, it's, it's breakfast time for me. 
How many shares of children do you have, Bogman? Zero. Zero <laughs> shares of children. So uh, I am not waking up that early. So, uh, But that is going to wrap it up for us. We will be back next week. Take it easy and good luck in your matchups this week, everybody. See you next week. We'll be right back.